श्रीराघवम दशरथात्मजम सीतापति रामकथा रसवाहिनी चैप्टर 17 पार्ट 1 भरत एंड चतुर्ण वेंट स्ट्रेट टू द प्लेस वेयर द मिनिस्टर्स द रॉयल प्रिसेप्टर एंड द लीडिंग सिटीजंस ऑफ द कैपिटल हैड असेंबल्ड ऑल ऑफ देम वर अवेटिंग देयर अराइवल anxious to know what they had resolved upon and silently expectant to listen attentively to what they were about to tell them bharata fell at the preceptor's feet divine master i tell you my honest intention please believe my sincerity for i am not hiding anything i am opening my heart without any reservations the effect is harder than the cause the metal that is extracted from the soil is harder than the soil you know born in the womb of the hard-hearted kk i am indeed even more hard-hearted or else how can you explain that i am still alive despite the fact that rama is far away from me kk sent sita and lakshmana into the forest and her husband into heaven plunging the subjects of this vast empire into sorrow and anxiety and bringing eternal infamy on her son and you demand that i rule over the empire and cover myself with lasting disgrace i am not in the least happy over this i don't deserve this at all won't people laugh at me in scorn if i sit on the lion throne as lord ruler when rama is moving about in the jungle my reign would bring only harm to the people for my accession itself would be immoral and unrighteous and who would honor a usurper and obey his commands i cannot punish the unrighteous and the immoral with what face can i correct wrong doers when i myself have done mountains of wrong 
in ascending the throne that is not rightfully mine. People would certainly point an accusing finger at me when opportunities arises, though they may keep quiet for some time for fear of the reprisals that I might inflict using my authority. My mother's evil design has become transformed into an agonizing headache for me. I can't wait even a single moment here without seeing Sita and Rama. I am only communicating to you my terrible anguish. Only the sight of Rama can cool my heart and cure my agony. No words of consolation or explanation can bring me solace in my grievous plight. I have obtained permission from Kausalya and Sumitra and have decided to proceed at dawn tomorrow to Rama. My sins, however plentiful they might be, will be reduced to ashes the moment Rama's eyes fall on me. Even if Rama doesn't speak to me, I will always be happy at the sight of the Lord, hiding behind some tree and following him at a distance, delighted at the charms. Elders who have gathered here, pray for me. Bless me that I may progress as a result of the sight of Rama. Ministers, give me permission to go to him. I am the slave of Lord Rama. He is the Lord for all of us. No one in the assembly among the ministers, feeder trees and leaders of the people could raise a voice in reply. They realized the depth of Bharata's remorse. They understood that Bharata had an unsullied heart and that he was refusing to be bound by the coils of the conspiracy his mother had wound round him. The chief of the elders rose from his seat. Lord, we will come with you. We too find separation from Rama an insufferable agony. We don't care what happens to our lives after we get one chance to see the Lord. He asked for this permission on behalf of everyone gathered there. Others responded to the suggestion wholeheartedly and came forward with prayers that they too be taken to Rama. Within minutes, the news spread into every nook and corner of the vast city and men, women, children, young and old got ready to start. Who can dissuade whom? That day, no one among the huge population of Ayodhya was so cruel as to prevent others from proceeding to Rama to see the Lord. Kausalya and Sumitra also set out on the journey with their mates. Meanwhile, Kaikai, overcome with repentance for her errors and sins, communicated with Kausalya and prayed that she too be allowed to accompany the queens. She pleaded for permission to pray for pardon and join the others in attempting to persuade Rama to return to Ayodhya. Kausalya, who had a pure, unblemished heart, did not entertain the least doubt or deviation from right consciousness. She sent word for Kekei to join her. Bharata was informed that the entire city was on the move. He told the ministers that at least a few had to stay behind in order to guard the city, so some were left behind. During the night, vehicles were made ready before every house so that the inmates could join the trek at an early hour. Practically everything on wheels was commandeered for the purpose. Food and drink for the entire mass of people were arranged. Like Chakravaka birds, the men and women of Ayodhya 
awaited the heralding of the dawn so that they might journey towards their dearly beloved lord it was night of ecstatic anticipation for the citizens they spent it in contemplating the sight of the lord which awaited them the army with the entire force of chariotry elephantry cavalry and infantry got ready to march vedic scholars were directed by the minister to keep on reciting auspicious hymns and to take with them the ceremonial requisites for the ritual worship of fire right on time according to the calculations of the astrologers the leading chariot for bharat and shatrughna and the palanquin for queen kausalya were brought before the palace bharata ordered everyone to occupy their chariot or vehicle allowing his empty chariot to move on bharata and shatrughna walked by its side barefooted people thought that they might walk in that manner only for some little time for some short distance but they found that bharata was in no mood to get into the chariot however long distance to be covered kausalya couldn't tolerate this son i can't suffer the sight of you walking sit in the chariot at least for some time bharata replied mother this is only to make amends for the sins i am burdened with do i suffer while walking on the road at least a fraction of what rama and sita are suffering in the forest walking barefoot when they are walking barefoot it is highly wrong for me their servant to ride in a chariot pardon me for disobeying your command let me walk as i am doing now meanwhile the royal preceptor vasishta and his consort arundhati who were seated in the preceding chariot stopped their vehicle witnessing bharata's determination they prayed to him at least to sit in their chariot and act as their charioteer but bharata was adamant he said i am rama's servant and am bound only to his chariot until i get the precious chance to act as his charioteer i won't ride in any chariot or hold the reins of any other steed this is my vow vasishtha desisted from any further persuasion he was genuinely delighted at bharata's love and reverence towards rama they reached the bank of the river tamasa at nightfall of the first day the next day there is the bank of the gomati the tamasa is a tributary of the gogra river while the gomati is a tributary of the ganga as soon as it was dark the vehicles were stopped shelters were provided for women children and aged and the minister ordered the soldiers to distribute food to the people systematically and with due respect really throughout the journey everyone carried out the work with care and enthusiasm they took good care that no one suffered any hardship resuming their journey with the dawn of the third day they reached shringiveerapuram as darkness fell the king of the nishadas saw the huge concourse and the army on the march he was perturbed and wondered why bharata was proceeding to the forest and why he was taking with him the army with all its components he tried to solve the mystery he pondered the pros and cons of this 
unusual procedure he argued within himself when the tree is poisonous its fruit too is bound to be poisonous he tried his best to foil bharata's plans he directed his men to keep every boat sunk in the depths of the ganga and to deprive the prince of all means of crossing the river he ordered that they should prevent the concourse from crossing over to the other bank even at the cost of their lives the king of nishadas stood ready to attack with his bow and arrow willing to sacrifice his life in the cause of his beloved rama in spite of the fact that bharata's forces were far superior in strength to his own goa alerted his community and all its members to be prepared for the imminent battle then he got ready to meet bharata to discover whether he had come as a foe or friend or whether he was neutral only a passing visitor who need not be worried about knowing that bharata was a prince of imperial lineage he secured as offering to be presented to him large quantities of flowers fish flesh and fruits he planned to discover the innate intent of bharata by noting his reactions to the various articles that were offered to him roots tubers and fruits are pure satvic food if he preferred them he must be reckoned a friend the flesh of slain animals is passionate rajasic food preference for that type of food would mark out the middle of the road neutral with neither ally nor adversary fish if accepted eagerly would indicate a foe for they are slothful tamasic guha the chieftain of the nishadas took those offerings to bharata good omens greeted him at the very first step his eyes fell on the sage vasishta he ran forward and fell at his feet announcing himself by name the preceptor recognized him as rama's companion he blessed the chieftain and calling bharata to his side spoke to him of guha as rama's friend when these words fell on his ears bharata embraced guha warmly and showered questions on him about his health and welfare bharata asked guha to relate to him how he met rama when guha mentioned how rama spent one whole night with him on the banks of the self same river bharata showed great earnestness to listen to his description of that night his eyes and ears were panting with thirst for the nectar of that narrative guha was all praise and adoration for rama he showed bharata the thatched hut he had prepared so that rama sita and lakshmana could rest he told him of the conversation he had with lakshmana during the night on hearing all this bharata and chatrugna could not stop the stream of tears flowing down their cheeks they could not suppress the surging waves of sorrow watching them guha was convinced that they had genuine brotherly feelings towards rama and that there was no trace of hostility in them he was struck by their devotion and the sincerity of their dedication bharata looked closely at the huts constructed for the use of sita rama and lakshmana he wanted them tended with due care so that they would suffer no damage following the orders of the preceptor bharata performed the ceremonial bath in the holy river ganga along with his mothers bharata asked guha to take them to the place where rama spent the night 
climbed into a heap of darba grass that had been scattered by the wind gua said sita and rama rested here on this bed of dry grass that night bharata and shatrughna prostrated before the holy spot alas accustomed to sleep on a thick soft silken bed how could my lord sleep on such hard stuff alas how did that holy mother sita bear all this hardship overcome with grief bharata could not move from the place for a long while rising bharata asked to show the places that rama sita and lakshmana had rendered holy by treading on them goa took them to an ashoka tree under whose shade they sat for some time eating a frugal meal of fruits there also the brothers fell on the ground reverentially knowing it to be the holy ground while moving round the places sanctified by rama sita and lakshmana the two brothers suffered indescribable agony their humility reverence and devotion touched the heart of the nishada chieftain bharata couldn't contain his anguish when he contemplated the discomforts endured by sita goddess mahalakshmi herself the dearly beloved daughter of emperor janaka the daughter in law of emperor dasharatha and the consort of rama the mighty bharata disclosed to guha that the inhabitants of ayodhya city could not survive in that city any longer for the holy couple rama and sita had left it they felt that ayodhya had been transformed into a jungle for it had no rama in it he said that he too could not bear their grief and he too realized that ayodhya was wherever rama was he explained that he had come with his following and the inhabitants to be in the sacred presence of rama guha grasped the situation clearly now and gave up all the suspicions he had entertained when he saw bharata advancing with his army with its four components of infantry cavalry elephantry and chariotry towards the jungle where rama was he opened his heart to bharata and begged his pardon for doubting his intentions bharata said that his fears were natural and that he had committed no wrong the truth was that he bharata was indeed a wicked barbarian i am the reason for rama's exile he said for that one crime i deserve to be killed he who kills me commits no sin he groaned when bharata was condemning himself so harshly guha poured out his prayers for pardon news spread in shringivira the nishada capital that bharata had come to the ganga and the subjects hurried in groups to honor rama's brothers they fed their eyes on the brothers beauty and majesty and praised them to their hearts content they prostrated reverentially before them they also roundly reprimanded queen kekai they blamed the god of destiny brahma for being so cruel they shed profuse tears and extolled rama through manifold forms of praise they prayed to bharata and shatrughna to bring rama sita and lakshmana back bharata was struck dumb at this demonstration of extreme agony at separation from rama tears rolled down his face praying is my task what happens to the prayer is dependent on rama's grace i am but a slave who am i to exert pressure on rama 
Join me in prayer. Pray from the depths of your hearts for Rama to return to Ayodhya. His heart will certainly melt at our agony. This is our duty. Let your prayers help my prayers to succeed. Rama has come to save the world and he won't refuse the prayers of the people. Bharata consoled and comforted the Nishadas and others in ways best suited to their needs and capacities. Meanwhile, darkness fell and Bharata asked Guha to direct his people to go home. They ate the fruits brought by Guha and spent the whole night talking about Rama and his glory. When the eastern sky brightened to usher in the new day, Bharata instructed the minister to awaken the populace. He bathed in the sacred Ganga with his brother and the mothers also finished their bath. Everyone got ready to continue the journey. Guha, the chieftain of the Nishadas, collected enough craft to row over the large mass of people, chariots, horses and other sections of the armed forces that had accompanied Bharata. The task of ferrying them across the Ganga was quickly and successfully accomplished. After making sure that all had been transported across, Guha moved forward into the jungle, showing Bharata the way. The Brahmins and the preceptor Vasishta walked as one group. The people of Ayodhya followed in one vast mass. Units of the army followed behind. Journeying thus, in the afternoon, Bharata reached the confluence of the Ganga and Yamuna rivers, the sacred Prayag. He had never walked so much and his soles were sore and hurt with a burning sensation. Yet he plodded on, for he felt his pain as recompense for the pain inflicted on Rama. He ignored the pain, for he was conscious only on the pain Rama was undergoing at that very moment. Prayag is known as Triveni, for the river Saraswati also enters the twin rivers there. Its sacredness is tripled thereby. They bathed at the famous confluence with Durites. The anchorites, hermits, celibates, sages and monks of Prayag were delighted at the chance to fill their eyes with the sight of Bharata. They said among themselves, Oh, he casts around him the same halo as Rama. In fact, the appearance is just the same. Everyone who looked at him could scarce indulge in a wink, lest the delight would be interrupted thereby. The inmates of Bharatwaja Ashram in Prayag learned of the coming of the brothers with armed forces accompanied by their mothers and ministers. Sage Bharatwaja sent his disciples to Bharata and invited the party to visit the ashram. Interpreting the invitation as a command, Bharata and his entourage entered the ashram. The brothers prostrated before that monarch of the monastic orders. Bharadvaja raised them by the shoulders and drew them near with great affection. He gave them refreshingly cool drinks. Bharadvaja noticed Bharata sitting with his head bent in shame and fear lest his share in Rama's exile be revealed through questions that might be asked. Bharadvaja discovered the reason for his silence and nervousness. He said, Bharata, you need have no apprehension. I am aware of all that happened. 
no one can control or direct the path of destiny why pine over the boons demanded by mother no trace of wrong can be attributed to her for this the will of god induced her to ask such boons kk i know loves rama as her very breath so the reason for the turn of her mind is to be sought not in any human field of thought and reason but only in the divine plan as the world judges events kk did wrong as the vedas lay down the goddess saraswati who presides over the tongue did wrong know that what happened is in conformity with the will of the almighty bharata the world will enthuse over your spotless renown and sing your praise vedas will be valued more on account of such as you exemplifying the teachings and demonstrating their efficacy do not hesitate the son to whom the father entrusts the kingdom is thereby deemed deserving of the right to govern it that relentless adherent of truth that high souled ruler emperor dasharatha gave the empire to you and ordered you to act according to the dharma of monarchs the exile of rama into the forest has resulted in a series of calamities the entire world is sunk in sorrow on account of it now your mother is repenting pitiably over the wrong you are innocent and blameless no blemish can attach itself to you now if you rule over the empire in fact rama will be happy to know that you have taken up the reins of imperium i must also say that your mission here is laudable indeed your purpose is highly commendable for devotion to rama's lotus feet is the spring and source of all prosperity and progress bharata i can boldly declare that there is none so virtuous so fortunate as you you have proved yourself worthy of being rama's dearly beloved younger brother rama sanctified this our ashram while on his way to the forest that night until midnight rama talked to me mostly of you and your virtues they went with me to prayag for the holy bath they remembered you even while engaged in bathing he felt very sad that he could not see you and chatrugna the day he left ayodhya i can't measure the love that rama has towards you besides rama is ever intent on assuaging the grief of those who take refuge in him the entire world is his family all are his kith and kin i believe you are the affection of rama in human form no less to me what you feel as a blemish on your name is a lesson an example an inspiration bharata don't be grieved don't be weighed down by sadness you are in possession of the wish fulfilling gem why then should you lament that you are poor it isn't proper for you to do so the sight of sita rama and lakshmana is truly the treasure all spiritual aspirants seek i secured that fortune i feasted my eyes on them i spoke with them i was in their presence and i touched them also i had the privilege and pleasure of being their host perhaps there was some balance of fortune still awaiting me for now i have the pleasure of seeing you too ecstasy has filled my heart i am truly blessed rama exiled himself into the forest 
for our sake ascetics living therein so that our yearnings might be fulfilled and our holiness heightened we are indeed blessed end of chapter 17 part 1 sairam